What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of College Hockey Talk. I'm your host, Matt. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. And on today's podcast, we have Michigan Tech junior Colin Sawyer. But before we get to his interview, I'd just like to ask if you can please follow our social media accounts on YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram at College Hockey Talk. Also, subscribe to our Apple Podcast page, leave a rating and review, and follow us on Spotify as well. Doing these things helps our podcast grow, helps new people find us, and I really appreciate it if you did those things. Now, like I just mentioned, our guest today is junior defenseman from the Michigan Tech Huskies, Colin Sawyer. It was a great conversation with him. We talked about his junior experience in the USHL. We also talked about his college hockey experience so far with Michigan Tech, and it was just a great conversation about this upcoming season and about how he trained uh, and prepared for this upcoming year and just about his overall college hockey experience in general. So it was a great conversation with him. So let's not waste any more time. Here's the interview with Colin, everyone. Enjoy. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of College Hockey Talk. On today's podcast, we're joined by Michigan Tech junior defenseman Colin Sawyer. Welcome to the pod, Colin, and how's everything going? Going good. Thanks for having me. No problem. I want to talk a little bit about last weekend's series against Bemidji State. You split that series. I want to specifically talk about last night's game, though. You guys played great defense, shutting them out. Uh, What did you learn from Saturday's game, especially where Bemidji State scored four goals in the second that helped uh, for your victory on Saturday or Sunday? Yeah, I mean, Bemidji, they usually tend to play a pretty physical style. They usually tend to wear down the defensemen, and it's always a tough battle against them. Um, I think the difference in the first game was they just really outworked us in the second period. I feel like we had our chances to kind of hang in there parts in the game and then there was like a like a five minute span there in the second where they just really took over and scored I think it was five goals so that really uh that really made it hard for us to come back and try to get the win on Saturday night and then uh Sunday night I mean we just we just all compete like we competed with them and kind of hung in there and were successful yeah and what were some positive things you took away from last weekend's series that will help you out for the rest of the year I think it was a huge like character win for us. Uh, I mean, Saturday we weren't really pleased with the results or how we played overall. And I think we kind of came together and really try to focus on what we do good at, which is play physical. I mean, we're a big team. Uh, we made a big emphasis on like making simple plays and just trying to kind of rebuild the way that we should be able to play, which is pretty physical and dominant. And I'm really pleased with, the the result we had on the weekend yeah and I was just checking your schedule out you guys have northern Michigan on Friday uh, what do you expect from that team especially since they haven't played a game in quite some times and you guys already have played like five games so far this year yeah that'll be that'll be interesting it's kind of hard because you don't really know what to expect um, I'm not sure if they've been able to practice or what they're kind of I, I know every school is different on guidelines for how they handle the virus and um I mean I'm hoping that they're two good games two competitive games are fun it's a fun rival to play against so but it's it's kind of hard to try to guess what's going to happen with them like how they're going to be able to play or if they'll be fresh or if they'll be tired or it'll it'll be it'll be a fun series but we'll see how it goes yeah, one thing about Michigan, uh, Northern Michigan that I was reading about was Griffin Lofren. He was obviously one of the top players in the WCHA last year. As a defenseman, how do you plan to stop a player like that um, to limit his chances and so you guys can get more offensive zone opportunities to score goals? 
yeah, he's a he's a really good player. He's you know people compare him to Marshawn as his comparison is, and that's that's a perfect example. I mean, he's pretty gritty. He loves to get in other guys' faces. He loves to stir the pot a little bit, and he also has that skill side to him where he can score. And I've he played in Fargo, and I played in Sioux Falls, and we we've, we've played each other quite a bit in the past. So um, we've we've always had our little battles together, and it's it's pretty fun, but. Stopping him is it's not an easy task, but it should be doable this weekend. Nice. Now, speaking of improvements, uh, what would you say is the biggest improvement you made to your game since last year after playing your first five games this year? Um, I mean, it's it's different now because we've we were, we've been like, especially in the past, it's like once the season starts, it's go time, and it's you're like the only thing you're worried about is hockey, and it's just all you want to focus on. But this year, it's just been different because it's just every you go day by day on what's going to happen or like you're playing today or you're not playing today so I think mentally I've grown a lot in the fact that it's more like I got to be like ready to play this weekend and I also got to be ready to potentially not be able to play this weekend and just have to get over those little little bumps yeah talk a little bit more about that mental adjustment you have to make this year obviously the schedule is going to be very flexible for all conferences there's been a lot of postponements and cancellations so far across college hockey how have you tried to stay prepared for all those schedule changes that are upon you? Yeah, I mean, it's already happened to us this year over Thanksgiving. That's when we were going to play Northern originally, and I, they had some issues with the virus. So, I mean, it was it's obviously not easy to handle. It's kind of you're a little bummed out, but you got to just, like, you got to understand it's just the process and just be grateful that we're able to play how many ever games that we can get in. I mean, it's it, there, I know there's some schools out there that have canceled or have, there's there's players out there that are in my shoes that aren't able to play, so I got to just take it with – just got to be ready for anything. Really. Yeah, and you haven't played in front of any fans this year. Uh, how have you adapted to that, and how have your team tried to bring energy on the ice without the help of the size of the crowd that you guys usually get at Michigan Tech? Yeah, I mean, playing at the MAC is pretty awesome. It's, it's really loud. Really, the, the band's just going the whole game, and um, it's definitely an adjustment at home. I would say because it's usually at home, it's just nonstop. Just everyone's, everyone's just making noise. So playing at home this couple of weeks ago was a little tough, just trying to get used to that kind of environment. Um, but I find it easier on, in a way rinks actually, because it's not as like, I'm not really like, because I'm either used to like it being really loud or not as loud. So at the Mac, it, it was a little weird being in that kind of like being in our rink and it not being crazy loud, but. I don't find it that I don't find it that challenging to plan. Now, how has the freshman class looked like so far, in your opinion, and how have you tried to help them adapt to the new team since they're in a situation that you have never experienced before? Yeah, I mean it's it's hard to kind of prepare them and get them ready because usually by now it's more it's like we've had probably close to twenty games in this in the year, so and they they've only we've only played six. Um, but I, I really like our freshman class. I mean, we got. We got big bodies like Bantle and Arvid. Um, my D partner Brett Thorne is—he's doing very well too. He's adjusted well, um, but it's just—it's just challenging for all of them. I know because I mean we can't really prepare them for this. Like we're not used to this kind of adjustments either. So we're all kind of—we're all kind of new to this. Yeah, I want to speak a little bit more about this season as well. How have you? What's your thoughts on this season so far? And how have you? What's your thoughts on your team's play overall? I think we have the capability of being a very, very good team. We we have a lot of like big bodies and 
it's it's I've I've never been on a team that has like this big of bodies. I've usually been on a teams where it's a little smaller guys, more skilled guys. But I mean, we we have the skill and we have the size, so my expectations are pretty high for us. Um, I feel like we've been a little inconsistent to start. Just I don't know if it's just because it's just different times or it's just harder or we're just not used to each other yet. But um, I think once we start getting into more of the regular season games, that will be will be pretty successful. Yeah, and um, I want to switch gears talking about this offseason. How was your quarantine and what did you do over the summer to stay busy and prepare for this upcoming season? Yeah, it was definitely different. Usually we, we're up here in the summer. So it's usually we have like summer workouts and we're able to skate and then I go home for July, go to my lake house and try to just usually just skate as skate and work out as much as I can back home. But with this summer, obviously being different and not like what we're used to, um, I was just working out in my garage all summer trying to just build strength, add on some muscle and just get ready for the season. Was there something about this off season? Because I know everyone had to adapt uh, to workouts and different on ice uh, training regiments. Was there something positive you took away from that new type of off season training that you had? It's a good question. Um, yeah, I would say it was. It wasn't like I would say it was almost easier because it was kind of like I was either bored of doing my. Thing I would do every day so I would either just work out or like go for a run or go on the bike or something but um, I definitely found that it was kind of easier to get like motivated because I was like kind of like the never really had closure on last season so it's like my season never really ended like we kind of just ended and it's like we never got that like okay we were done so I never really kind of like lost it like we started working out pretty early so I, I, I mean that's that's one thing I would definitely take away. Yeah, because I was talking to some other guys and they actually kind of enjoyed the at-home workouts because it's a little bit different than being in the gym. So I was just curious about your perspective right. on all that and doing different workouts, doing different off-season type of training and not being on the ice as much as you're used to in the summer. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's, it was just a different summer and it's just I know every every player went through it and I mean, we all y'all learn and y'all grow from it. Yeah, definitely. Now, I want to talk a little bit about the beginning of your hockey career. Uh, you're from Hinsdale, Illinois. Um, how did you start playing hockey, and how did you start falling in love with the sport? Uh, my dad coached and played, and he kind of just started me when I was at a young age, and he was my first he was my first coach, and I kind of just fell in love with it when I was kind of just became obsessed at a younger age and went from there. Did you have a favorite player growing up, and who did you look up to when you were a kid? Uh, my, well, I used to play forwards. My favorite player when I was young was Paul Korea. Back when he played for, uh, the Avalanche, that was my, he was my guy. Nice. Now I was reading up about you before Michigan Tech, you played for the Chicago Fury. Uh, talk about your experience there and what did it mean to you? Uh, that was, that was, that was like one of my better experiences with hockey. Uh, my coach, Dennis Vasky, he was an NHLer and he's a great coach. He really really taught me how to play the game. And I, I really do think that's where I became the player that I am today. Those four years there changed my whole career. And then you went on to play in the USHL. You started off with the Chicago Steel playing only four games and then played for the Sioux Falls Stampede where you continued to play the rest of your junior career. How'd you get the opportunity to play in the USHL? And talk about the transition you made from Chicago to Sioux Falls. 
Yeah, so I, I was drafted by the Steel, I think, end of sophomore year in high school. So I, they had my rights, and then I was an affiliate player up like up and down playing just hit-or-miss games. Um, I thought, yeah, I think you said I played four games. And then the following season, I was with Chicago in preseason, and then I got traded to Sioux Falls, which was obviously a huge adjustment because adjustment, I was living at home at the time. And it was like I had to leave my family, kind of leave all my buddies that were back home. So it was definitely not easy. But, I mean, I – couldn't have been happier with the way things turned out. I got to go to a team that really wasn't established yet. So I got to play right away. I had probably, probably the best billets in the USHL. The Kurt and Jess Hoff were amazing. Um, I still talk to them this day all the time. And I really think I just, I just, I mean, I just fell in love with, fell in love with Sioux Falls, fell in love with the area. Um, It was a great town, great rink. And it, that, I mean, the, the development I had coming out of there was I couldn't have asked for a better situation. Yeah. What was the biggest challenge you had to face moving away from home at such a young age? Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think the biggest adjustment was just the shock at first. Cause I didn't like, I did I, I thought it was, I mean, no one ever really thinks they're going to get traded. It's not really something you just expect. So I think it was just kind of out of the blue and I was kind of content at staying at home. I didn't really, want to leave home I mean I I have a I mean I, I love the town I lived in and um, it was just kind of the initial shock at first was definitely the hardest part but I think once I got kind of like realized like okay like Sioux Falls isn't a terrible place like it's everything's like pretty much the same I kind of just got accustomed to it and it turned out well yeah, what was your reaction when you first landed at Sioux Falls? Because I was just checking some of the locations in the USHL, and they, they're places I've never really heard of before, but they seem like nice little towns and cities. Yeah, it's a great little town. I think it's like about 300,000. And, I mean, the, I mean, my initial reaction was I'm from, like, a pretty big city, so I was like, oh, I'm in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> just going from, I mean, going from basically Chicago to Sioux Falls and then um, – I mean, my initial reaction was like, I don't really know anything about this town. I didn't really know like all the hidden gems that they have, but I mean, it's pretty hard not, it's pretty hard to be upset when you see that rink because it's probably one of the best rinks I've ever seen. Yeah. And you found a lot of success at Sioux Falls, especially offensively where you were the fourth highest scoring defenseman in the USHL. How'd you find that offensive part of your game and how did you balance both of the offensive and defensive part of your game while trying to stay solid in the D zone as well? Yeah, I mean, I think we had a pretty good offensive team. We had a lot of guys that had a lot of horsepower, and it kind of kind of paved the way on our power play unit. So that's where I kind of picked up a lot of those points. And, uh, I mean, defensively, the USHL is a very offensive league. It's not a it's, – it's not, there's not a lot of structure. It's a very pro-style game. Um, and it was – I mean, it's it, – the, the team that I had was we – were, we were pretty solid defensively too, so that obviously helped. And, I mean, our, our goaltending, we had Mikhail Burden, who's now with uh, the Winnipeg Jets organization. And, I mean, he, he's a huge reason for that, for my success in the DN. Yeah, and how did that – how did your time in the USHL prepare you for college hockey? I think it really helped me a lot. I mean, I think it's the best junior league in the world, in my opinion. It's, I mean, I think they develop the most guys. You, you mean, you, you practice all the time. You're competing against guys you're going to be competing with the rest of your life. Um, and I mean, just the junior, the junior game is a lot different than college. 
it's it's more of a pro style where colleges it's you're going for 60 minutes like you can't lay off a single shift um but i think the thing that prepared me the most was the speed because i mean i went from like triple a which is i thought was at the time like a decent speed then you go to ushl and it's way faster and then you go to college and it's obviously faster than junior just because older bigger bodies so uh, i definitely say that's probably the biggest thing i took away from that and did your time at the ushl help prepare you for this year because obviously the schedule is a little bit different this year you're kind of playing more games throughout the week than you normally would do you think that experience would definitely help you this year yeah i mean i mean i, I yeah like in juniors it was more of like you're you're kind of like you go in stints where you're like oh four games in seven days which if we end up start doing that in college it'll definitely that'll definitely help like pay off in the long run uh, but I think the biggest difference in college is you play series usually. So it's you're playing the same team back-to-back nights. And especially in, in the WCHA, it's a very tough league to either sweep a team or, like, get swept. It's 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 pretty hard. To, and, like, you got to earn your splits and you really got to deserve your sweep. So, um, yeah, I think, I think taking away from that, like, if we do end up having games, like, on a Wednesday night and then Friday, Saturday, that – my experience in juniors will definitely help out with that. Now, Sioux Falls won the Clark Cup the year after you left. Um, how how happy were you when you found out they won that championship, especially since um, you helped uh, pave the way for that organization to do well? Yeah, I mean, I wish I wish it was the year before because then we would have won it. But, um, yeah, it's very cool to see it. I mean, I'm glad they kind of won it and in Chicago, too, which was kind of pretty funny. My billets were there with my parents, so they were all watching because they had – so they they still had billets on the team, but I mean the the town deserves it. It's I mean they we, we pretty much had over eight thousand fans at night. Like they I mean, but if there's a team, if there's an organization that deserves it. I mean that's definitely Sioux Falls. Now I want to talk a little bit about your recruiting process. Uh, what was that like for yourself, and what made you want to go to Michigan Tech? Yeah, I, uh, I went. I committed here when I was a senior in high school. I'm pretty sure. Um, I came on a visit here and it was during winter carnival, actually. I don't know if you've have you heard of winter carnival up here. No, I have not. So it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's probably one of the coolest weekends up here. I mean, there's, they make these crazy ice, ice sculptures all over campus. You got, there's like broom ball rinks all over the place. There's statues everywhere. There's a bunch of events throughout the town. And uh, when I came on a visit, it was just like, it looked like the, it was the coolest town I've ever seen. Um, it was just, there was so I mean I love snow I love the cold there was just snow everywhere um I mean I I mean once I got here I was like okay this is a pretty cool I want to I just want to see the rink now and then I saw the rink and it was pretty much game over I was it was a done deal once I saw that now what's it like to play under coach Sean and uh what has he taught you about hockey that you didn't really know before and have you how have you thought, how have your how's your development changed over his uh, tutelage a little bit yeah I mean Joe recruited me here uh, I mean, he's a, he's a good coach. He's very passionate. He expects pretty highly of us as a group this year. I mean, as he should. I mean, we all have the same expectations. Uh, with Joe, I think the biggest thing I've taken away is more like a defensive approach because uh, I've, I've always kind of been the offensive D-man. I've never really focused on the D side of hockey. And I think college, it's, it's more you got you to gotta play both sides. And I think he's really helped me, like, develop more on the D side of things. Yeah, and I want to talk a little bit about that atmosphere at Michigan Tech hockey games, especially the student section. You were just talking about how incredible they are and how loud they are. What's it like to be in a player in that atmosphere? And 
What's the best chant you've heard from the student section? Oh God, best chant. I don't even remember. It's been so long. It's been a long time. Um, best chant. Yeah, that's just, I don't, I'll have to get back to you that one. But uh, definitely playing in the, I mean, it's, it's pretty crazy. Like it's, it's just nonstop shenanigans up there. It's, they just go nuts the whole game. Like you, people are taking their shirts off. It's like they're banging cowbells. The band's playing the whole time. They're just yelling their heads off the whole day of signs. I mean, it's, it's like you, 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 especially with our rink, like the way it's kind of like built, it's, they, they literally feels like they're right on top of you. Like it's almost like Maine in that back. I know they have like the, so it's, I mean, it's pretty awesome to play in. And, uh, I mean, I, we have the best student section I've, that I've played in at least. Oh, yeah, it's definitely one of the best ones. I've never been to a Michigan Tech hockey game, but I'd love to go one day. And it's just every time I watch it on TV, it's just – it's like from an outsider perspective when you're watching it. Yeah, home, it's, it's, you, a, it's a party. It's a huge oh, party. Yeah. Especially, like, I think Michigan Tech made the tournament a few years ago, and I, they were still crazy even in, the, like, a neutral zone site. So it was pretty crazy to watch it. Oh, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't think I've been – I don't think I've played a Tech – well, I mean, besides this year at least, I've played a game where there wasn't at least – 20 or 30 fans at a game like I mean we go to Alaska and there's fans there we go to we go to Huntsville there's fans I mean they're all they travel everywhere they do they do a lot for us now reading more about yourself you attended the St. Louis Blues development camp the year they won the Stanley Cup nonetheless uh, what was that like for you and what was the coolest thing you got to do when you were in St. Louis I was a really good experience I had some buddies that were there and um I mean, obviously, it's they're a very good organization, and it was the facility was, I mean, it was unbelievable. I mean, the whole the way they had everything set up was just very professional, and it was it was a very well run camp. Uh, the coolest thing was we got to do batting practice at the Cardinal Stadium with some, uh, I think it was some Cardinals players and coaches. So that was that was probably one of the cooler things I've ever done. I mean, it was it was it was awesome. Were you good uh, swinging the bat? I played baseball growing up. wasn't the best hitter, but I did better than some of the Euro guys that never have seen a baseball. So, who was the best? Who hit the biggest bombs in the Blues development camp that you can remember? Oh, geez. Um, I would say, from what I could remember, maybe Huma Gang. Oh, okay. Now, switching over from baseball to hockey, uh, you've blocked a lot of shots in your college hockey career. Uh, which shot did you block that hurt the most that you can remember? And how do you take all those shots? Because I don't know how you can do it. It seems very tough getting 40 blocks a season. Yeah, it's uh, definitely, I mean, the one that's hurt the most. Well, when I was in junior, I, can, I, uh, I blocked a shot playing Youngstown, and it actually – so it hit so if I was I was holding my stick and it hit one of my fingers and it like kind of like the pr uh, pressure burst kind of like blew my finger open Ooh. so that was probably the most painful one because I I mean I, I took my glove off and I there was just a lot of a lot of blood and it didn't look pretty so I did I wasn't really sure what was going to happen with my finger but I mean everything I had to get it glued and it was it wasn't pretty for a couple of days for a couple of weeks I mean but I mean I have to say that one definitely hurt the most and I mean blocking shots is just something in college you got to do you gotta you gotta you gotta get those eats to help your goalie out you gotta take away what they necessarily not that they can't see but 
you just got to help them out as much as you can. And I mean, blocking shots, definitely it's not for everyone. I mean, I've, I've definitely had my times where I'm like, why did I block that one? That hurt so bad. But uh, I mean, usually it feels pretty good when you get the boys going on the bench after a big block. Yeah, definitely. Now I want to talk a little bit about your freshman season. Uh, you played Bowling Green in the WCHA playoffs and lost that series. Uh, what did you take away from that series and how did that help you for your sophomore year? Um, I'm, I remember that series. It was, it was a tough one just because, I mean, I didn't necessarily, like looking back going in, I didn't really expect us to win just because we were a younger team. I didn't really think, I mean, we, we didn't have that great of a year. Um, and I, it was just kind of one of those, like, I, there was, there was moments in the game where I'm like, okay, like we can do this. Like, I mean, Bowling Green had, they were a powerhouse that year. They had a very good, very good team. And it was just kind of, I mean, it was just, it was just one of those, like, you almost like, ex, you almost expect to just come away with like what, whatever you guys, like that we were, we thought that we were capable of doing. And I mean, we, we ended up getting swept and it wasn't like a huge shocker in the end. Um, but what I took away from it was just that feeling of like, why, why wasn't it like an automatic win? Like why, like why weren't we like, okay, we're winning this game no matter what. And I think that kind of translated into our group the next year. Like last year, I felt like, I mean, going into Mankato, I felt pretty confident with us. I mean, obviously the season got canceled, but I mean, it was just a different mentality last year. And I, I'm, I have that same feeling with this group this year. Like any, any team we play, it's not like we're all like, there's not one guy that's doubting any of us. Like we're all like, yeah, this is, we're winning this game no matter what. Like there's no, there's no panic in our locker room right now. Yeah, what's it like to play in the WCHA? Because there's a lot of different interesting locations. There's some in Alaska, some in Alabama. Um, what's that like to play in those kind of unique locations? And talk about that conference as a whole, because it seems like it's one of the tougher conferences in college hockey. Yeah, I mean, it's the locations are definitely different. Like you go from Bemidji where it's 50 below, and then you go to Huntsville and it's 65 degrees. And it's, I mean, it, the locations are very random and very unique in their own way. Uh, but the WCHA is, it's, I mean, the league's a grind. It's every night, every night, anyone can beat anyone. Uh, it's a very physical league. It's a very defensive league, very systematically kind of played league. So it's, I mean, it's very hard to try to be an individual within a team game. You really got to like kind of keep it simple and just kind of play more of like a team, team focused style. Um, and it's, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's a very good league. I mean, there's a lot of skill still. It's not like it's just a grind league, but I mean, it's definitely a grind to, to win some games. Yeah, definitely. Now you improved a lot. Your soft, your team improved a lot dress if from your so freshman year to your sophomore year, uh, what improvements did you make during that off season uh, before your sophomore year to lead that success, to lead to that success? I mean, I think freshman year, you don't really know like your ex expectations are always just a little off. Like you're not sure how fast the game's going to be. You're not sure how you're going to fit in the lineup. You're not sure really like what it takes to be in the lineup every night. Like it's not, it's not just handed to anyone. You, I mean, you got 30 guys on a team at 23 spots a night. So it's anyone could play over anyone. I mean, every single division one hockey player is very good. Like they all can play. Um, so it's not like you can just walk in and just expect anything. So every everything you get, you have to earn. And I think as 
like the harder you work or like the more you kind of realize what it takes, the more confidence you gain from it. And you kind of figure out how to just kind of fit in. And I think that's, that's how I transitioned pretty well into my sophomore year. And you won your first WCHA playoff series versus Northern Michigan uh, last year in a three overtime thriller. I'll talk about your first playoff series win and how did you mentally stay focused during that three overtime game, especially when you're so physically exhausted, like your team and Northern Michigan was. Yeah, that was, uh, that was very, very tough. I mean, it was, it was just a crazy game. I mean, we were, I think, what was, what was the score you said? Three, two. It was a three overtime uh, game. I think it was three to two from my notes. Yeah. Three to two. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think we had a goal in the third with, I think like eight minutes left that ended up getting called off for offside. So we were like, Oh, we won. And then like, it was three, two. So I mean, we were like, Oh, eight minutes left. Like we can do this. Then they called it off. And then we went in the first overtime and I was like, Oh geez, like neither of us are budging. Like this is, this is going to be a war. Went through the second overtime and I mean, everyone's cramping up. We're all just drinking Pedialytes. We're drinking all the water we can find. And, uh, I mean, it was literally like a war zone in the locker room. Like, everyone's laying down. Everyone's just trying to get through the game. Um, but we still had that still, we still had that jump. We still had that confidence. We're like, yeah, I mean, we're winning this game. Like, there's – it's whenever their goalie's ready, we're winning. Like, it's it's not a – we weren't, like, panicked at all. So, I think that kind of mentally helped me a lot, just try to stay focused and then, like, just kind of get through it. And, I mean, the third overtime, we eventually won with Logan Piedela and had a good celebration. Yeah, that must have been tough the day after. Like, how how which, how sore were your muscles after that game? Yeah, I, I didn't leave my bed the next day. I slept <laughs> home. I just slept there all day. But, uh, yeah, Monday – or, yeah, because that happened on a Saturday. Sunday, I didn't move at all. And then Monday, I was still just exhausted and still sore. And it was just a lot of minutes for everyone. And But, I mean, I wouldn't have wanted any other way against them. I mean, it just kind of shows the rivalry, shows the history, and it was awesome. Now you were supposed to play Mankato, like you just mentioned, before the season got shut down. Uh, where did you find out, and what was your reaction to that news? Uh, I mean, my reaction was I was pretty shocked. I was pretty, I mean, disappointed. Um, we were – so we, we found out on a Thursday. I think we were – so we went to Duluth Wednesday, stayed overnight, and there was, like, rumor of, like, a possibility – of other teams like shutting down or other sports shutting down. And for some reason we all kind of were just like, there's, there's no way that happens to us. Like why? Like, I mean, at the time I was pretty clueless with everything. I was like, there's no way we would get shut down. Like, I don't understand how this would affect us at all. And um, we were, so we got on the bus that morning, like ready to go play Mankato. There was like rumor that we were going to do like play if like a one game series just so that we could get the league the league title over with quicker by the weekend. So we were kind of just like, Oh, okay. Like we only have one game against them. And then if we win, we can get in the finals. So it was kind of like, there was a little bit of like, kind of like excitement around that idea. Just like the thought of like, Oh, like we could be champions by Sunday. Like this could be awesome. And um, we ended up pulling off at an exit on the way to Mankato. And then our, our coach told us, and it was, uh, it was, it was pretty hard to hear. I mean, I just, I felt really, I mean, it's just tough on our, it was tough on our seniors. I mean, they wanted to, they wanted to come out, they wanted to have closure on their end of their college career. They were able to get that. Um, I, I felt pretty confident going that weekend as a team. So the, I mean, that was pretty tough on us too. Like we were kind of expected to 
you were expected to lose by others, but I mean, in our locker room and through our, through our, through our coaching staff, I felt like we, we were going to win that weekend. So, but I mean, yeah, it was definitely, definitely tough, definitely tough transition. Yeah. And um, speaking on a more positive note, I want to go back to this season. One player that really stood out to me was Trenton Bliss. Um, he obviously did very well last weekend. Uh, what's it like to be his teammate and what impresses you most about his game? Yeah, he's actually my roommate. Um, we've been roommates since freshman year. I mean, he's, he's, he's unbelievable. I mean, he's, he's a, he's a very, very quick release shot. He's very deceptive with his hands. He's, he's a big body. He can, he can play physical. He can play all sorts of roles and he's a really good penalty killer. Um, he had a really good weekend last weekend. Uh, yeah. Like, I mean, that, the, I think one of his, yeah, I mean, one of his goals the last weekend was a pretty, pretty nice one. He usually, he's usually a really good power play guy too on the half wall. Now, in a, now we're now transitioning into the non-hockey segment of the podcast. And my first question is, I was reading the Michigan Tech website and it says you're a big golf fan. So which pro golfer would you want to golf with? Um, Tiger Woods. I would agree with you on that. Or That would be pretty cool. I would either want to do it with Tiger Woods or Dustin Johnson because Wayne Gretzky, that's obviously his father-in-law. Yeah, that would be a good question. Even, even Kevin Kisner, I think, would be pretty awesome. Oh yeah. I don't know if you know much about him. he's I follow Barstool Sports a lot and in those he's I think he's he's pretty funny. He chirps the guys a lot and that'd be that'd be a good time. Brooks Kapko would also be a good one too. He's a big chirper. Yeah, I agree. One guy right. one golfer I would not want to golf with was Bryson DeChambeau. Something about him. <laughs> not a fan. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a fan of him either. Now, obviously every New Year's Day the winter classic happens in the NHL and they play outside, but which outdoor stadium would you want to play an outdoor hockey game at? Uh, I'm going to go Soldier Field because I'm a big Bears fan. Um, from Chicago, that'd be, I think that'd be pretty cool. Probably a pretty electric environment. And it, and it wouldn't be that cold, at least. I mean, we, we played an outdoor game in Bemidji, and it was 30 below. At least in Chicago, it would be like 20 to 30. So it wouldn't be that bad. Yeah, um, I think they did play an outdoor game there a few years ago for the stadium series oh, for really? the Blackhawks, if I recall correctly. But my choice would definitely be Fenway Park. I'm from Boston. Just They've had the oh, winter classic right. there, the cool stadium. And I've actually seen an outdoor hockey game there before with college hockey, and it was very cold as well. I forgot to bring gloves. I was a, kind of a moron that day. But <laughs> but no, I think that those two areas would be very cool. How was your outdoor hockey game? Like, how'd you? What was that experience like? I was crazy. I mean, I had, I had heat warmers in my gloves and my skates. It was, it was, we did a, it was hockey day in Minnesota and it was, it was definitely tough. I mean, you, you didn't sweat at all, which was really weird. Like you would, you'd go to drink water and it would already be frozen in your water bottle. Like you had to drink warm water the whole game. You didn't really, I wasn't ever thirsty cause I wasn't sweating. So I wasn't really getting dehydrated. Um, it was, it was just a, I mean, it was a really cool experience. I'd, I don't know if I'd necessarily do it again because of how cold it was and how miserable I was after. But, um, yeah, I'm definitely thankful for that experience here. Now, one question I cannot answer is, but you can answer, is who is the funniest teammate at Michigan Tech? Ooh, funniest teammate. I got to go Justin Miziak. And uh, speaking of music, what music do you like to listen to before a game and which uh, road arena has the best warm-up mix? My go-to is Juice World. Nice, that's my, that's my guy to listen to. 
what's your go-to song? I know you released an album that had some bangers on it. Obviously, All Girls Are the Same is another good song as well. What's your go-to Yeah, song? I gotta, I'm got i going to go with my top on Spotify this year was Wishing Well. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, that was yeah, a, sad that's a good one, one. too. Just yeah, yeah. But that's right. definitely a good song. Now, back to some hockey questions now. My first one is, what advice would you want to give a younger player trying to pursue Division One college hockey? Uh, just stay on stay on your path like every 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 kid's path is different I mean some kids grow later some kids are early bloomers and I mean it's it's all in everyone like if if you really want to play division one hockey like you'll if you're dedicated you do everything you need to do it'll happen but I mean also not get like sidetracked with other people's successes at a young age like it it's not it's not a sprint it's definitely a marathon so I mean, that'd be my best advice to any young player out there. Now, what has been your favorite college hockey memory so far? Uh, winning the GLI. That was now, that was a pretty crazy experience. Now, another question I have for you is, what should I do to improve as an interviewer and make this podcast better? Um, I'm not sure. This is my first podcast, so right now you're at an A+. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm just trying to improve because uh, yeah, right. in a whole new season um, this Friday, we're starting it all off. So I'm just trying to improve myself as an interviewer and also improve this podcast so it can be a bigger platform in the right. future and where other younger hockey players can listen to current players and help their development a little bit. Yeah, perfect. Now, do you have any shout outs you'd like to give to any of your teammates or family members before we let you go? Um, I'll give a shout out to my little brother, Devin Swire. Or actually, and my sister, Anna Swear. That way I don't get in trouble. Oh, okay. Good. Shout out to her as well. Uh, thank yeah. you so much for coming on, Colin. I really appreciate it. Good luck the rest of the season, and also good luck on your finals as well. Thank you. Thanks for having me. No problem. Just wanted to say thank you so much to Colin for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. I wish him nothing but the best for the rest of the season, and I hope he does great, and I know he is going to do great. Now, we only had two series that happened last weekend in college hockey. We had AIC take on Quinnipiac and Northeastern take on Vermont. Let's talk a little bit about the series that Northeastern had against Vermont. Um, Northeastern obviously swept them. They won the first game and then won the second one in a shootout. Um, I thought Vermont looked a lot better than they did last week against UMass. So they've definitely improved a little bit, and I think... You know, it's going to be an interesting year for them just because it's a new coach. It's obviously an odd season with the coronavirus going around, and they're playing a very good team in Northeastern. I thought they looked pretty decent uh, for the situation that they are in. However, Northeastern looks very good. They're obviously going to be a great contender in Hockey East, and I'm interested to see how they match up against teams like Boston College and BU and Providence as well. I'm, I'm very interested to see that. So they're a good team, and they're definitely a team to be reckoned with in Hockey East. And, you know, Vermont's obviously still figuring things out, but don't be surprised in the next uh, few weeks when they potentially get on a hot streak and run. That could definitely happen. But, you know, right now they're just figuring things out with the new coach and new season that they are in with a lot of new players as well. But I've been impressed by some of their freshmen, and I think their goaltending has been improving day by day as well. Now the other series I was just talking about, or just mentioned, I should say, 
was ASC was taking on Quinnipiac. Uh, this is obviously a very interesting series just because these two teams are in the top 20 in the country. Now, even though AIC lost both games, I still think this is an important series because of their ranking. Um, just in case if things don't go well in the Atlantic Hockey, they could have found a way to basically move up in the rankings and potentially, uh, you know, make the tournament that way by a non-conference bid. But I think, I think the only thing I have to say about their thing is I think they will still find a way to win Atlantic Hockey, but I think this series was important for them just for the national rankings and stuff, and they unfortunately lost, but, you know, I think it just shows how good of a team Quinnipiac is. Uh, they basically dominated uh, ASC the first night, winning 8-3, to and then they played pretty well again the second game as well, and they're just a team to be reckoned with, and I'm interested to see how they do well or how they do in this ECAC season with only four teams. So that's going to be interesting to watch. But a definitely tough loss for AIC, even though it's a non-conference game. And it's interesting to see some non-conference games just because there's not going to be basically any of them uh, throughout the year. So now World Juniors is going on as well. Some great college hockey talent has been shining during that. Uh, I'm not going to really talk about the World Juniors just because I can't really watch it since I don't have NHL Network. But I've been seeing some of the highlights, and it's been pretty pretty good tournament for the most part USA beat Austria uh, 11 nothing so you know and that Brent Berard from Providence looks really good I was watching some of the highlights from him so that's kind of like my world junior update but I can't really talk about it since I can't really watch any of the games but that's just my opinion on that well I appreciate you guys listening though to this podcast it really means a lot to me um, I know that's been a kind of a funky schedule the past two weeks just with the holidays going around, but this will be the last episode of 2020, and I think Saturday will be the first episode of 2021, so I really appreciate it. Just follow our social media. I'm going to be posting a little bit more than usual just because I've been trying to figure out uh, what to post that will work, and that's kind of when by, that's kind of why we're having kind of a social media pause, if that's the right word to use, but we'll definitely be posting more stuff. Uh, some end of the year stuff some good guests that came on please check out the other interviews we've had some great interviews with them and 2021 is gonna be a good year Um, we've gotten some great interviews already in the past two weeks i've been working hard on that and some great great interviews that i'm excited to share in the upcoming months so be on the lookout for those like i said for our social media accounts especially for our youtube channel as well uh, this interview will be on the youtube channel uh, so you can check that out i would highly recommend it we have some of our older interviews on the youtube channel and i'll be continually posting some of the older interviews on the youtube channel as the days go on and hopefully we'll have basically almost every episode uh, from the podcast on the youtube channel but some of them i can't post just because um, they weren't through zoom meetings they're through phone calls so it's just different but that that's why some of them can't be on the youtube channel just because they weren't uh, recorded on my computer they're recorded on another device so that's why some of them won't be on but the ones that were recorded uh with like a face-to-face interaction i guess that you can have in these times those will be on youtube so just be on the lookout for that but i really appreciate uh you guys listening i know i'm rambling for a bit but i'll see you guys saturday with a great interview and 2021 is gonna be a great year and i hope you guys have a great Uh, New Year's, stay safe, and I'll see you guys then. Bye. Thank you so much for listening.